Welcome to Sharing the Victory, the weekly radio program from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. The football season has finally arrived, and this weekend marks week one of the NFL. Today, host Ron Brown will visit with Indianapolis Colts head coach, Tony Dungy. I have to pray specifically, Lord, don't let me make the decision based on what I want. Don't let me make it on what type of person this is, because you may have a plan for a guy being here, and it may be a non-Christian guy. And pro football great Mike Singletary. Every time I walked out on the field, it was just an opportunity to give everything that I possibly had to the Lord because I understood that he had given everything to me. We'll also hear from Pro Bowl defensive end Aaron Campman of the Green Bay Packers. It's time to get today's program underway. Standing by with his first interview is the host of Sharing the Victory, University of Nebraska assistant football coach Ron Brown. Excited as usual to have my friend and America's coach, in my opinion, Tony Dungy, head football coach with the Indianapolis Colts. Tony, welcome to Sharing the Victory. Well, thank you, Ron. It is always great to be with you, and uh, we're looking forward to this time. Well, Tony, this is a big time for you, getting ready for the NFL season here, and I know that uh, there's a lot of excitement in the air on the front end. But, Tony, you've, you've had to go through the, the difficulties of the NFL draft, selecting who you're going to invite to this football team via the draft. Also, the selected free agents that are out there, there's trades and all kinds of things. You know, talk to us a little bit about what you look for in terms of the chemistry and the personnel of your football team through the draft, through free agency, through trades, and through the veterans that have been on the team for a while. Well, you hit the key word, Ron, in in chemistry. There's a lot of talented players that you can get, a lot of guys that are going to bring a skill level to your team. But what we have done with the Colts is try to look for guys who are going to bring that right fit to us, that right chemistry, and guys who are going to be great teammates. Mm -hmm. Because we've got a good situation here, so if you're adding the right teammates, uh, that's more important than talent. Well, Tony, you know, talk to us a little bit about character, because how do you evaluate the character of a young man you don't know very well? You, you've, you've kind of gone in a pre-draft you've, uh, time. You've looked uh, at this athlete. You've evaluated him physically. You take your little tests here and there at the combine and maybe at the, at the campus of that individual. But how, how do you, Tony Dungy, really discern, are we getting the right guy here character-wise? We actually put a lot of work into that, Ron. Our, our scouts, number one, are told to get as much uh, information as they can about uh, a candidate off the field, to talk to his position coach, to talk to his teammates, to talk to professors, uh, academic advisors. We go back as far as uh, high school and junior high coaches and and try to get background on the player. We get as much time as we can at the combine. It's not a lot, but you want to sit down and talk face-to-face. And you really want to do your homework and, and find out what this guy is all about, what motivates him, and is he going to be the type of person that's going to fit in well to your team? Hmm. We're talking to Tony Dungy, head football coach in the Indianapolis Colts, getting ready for uh, opening the season here in the NFL. And uh, Tony, as we talk about selecting people to your team, it's a huge thing with the Lord. You know, we go back to Jesus. Before he selected the 12, the scripture says he prayed all night. And I'm sure it wasn't just a one-night thing. Uh, I'm sure that there was an infrastructure of prayer and spending time with God the Father as he was looking and evaluating these men, who he was going to select to his team, these, these 12 guys that were going to shake the world up for Christ. 
how much prayer goes into your personal life as you evaluate who should be on this team, and, and that that could be personnel as well, coaches. It, it really team. is, and and I, I pray about all of those decisions um, when we're going through the process. Um, I certainly pray about discernment, about getting good information on on players on making the right decisions. And then once we have our guys here, we go go into camp with 80 players and you're giving everybody an opportunity to show what they can do. And the toughest part is making those cuts and getting down to 53 guys. And for me, it involves a lot of prayer. Lord, help me keep the right guys. Help me make good decisions. Help the guys be able to show what they can do and, and how they can help the team. And then, uh, you know, help us make the right right choices. You know, Tony, there's, there's a lot of, I think, speculation among fans and people out of the business who, who aren't, don't have the inside view that you have that there's some political ramifications about a, a high draft pick not being able to cut a high draft pick and, and more apt to cut a lower draft pick or a free agent. Is there an obligation to keep the very high picks at least for a year? Or is it really made the best man win? It really is made the best man win. You hope that your high draft choices end up being good players for you because financially it sets your team back if you don't. Now with the bonus money that the number one and number two picks are getting and the salary cap ramifications, it really hurts you if that guy isn't a good player. But in the end, the players see the same thing that you're seeing. And if a guy is not a good fit, if he's not a good teammate, if he's not productive and someone else should be on the team and you don't make that happen, you lose credibility in your locker room. So good teams, good organizations, I think it's the best man wins and and you make sound decisions based on uh, how people perform. Tony, uh, one last question um, regarding the spiritual climate of your team. As you're, as you're looking at these, uh, these newcomers that may come to the team or as you look at an, an older veteran who may be declining in his ability level just because of age, let's say that they bring something to the table in the, in the area of the spiritual land, that they're real strong Christians and can add something to their team that way. Is that influential in your decision? Uh, whether that guy's on your team or not. Yeah, that's all, always hard, Ron. I, you take it into account. It's human nature. You know what guys bring off the field, the leadership, the camaraderie, teamwork, experience, all those things. And I find myself, I have to pray specifically, Lord, don't let me make the decision based on what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let me make it on what type of person this is, because you may have a plan for a guy being here. And it may be a non-Christian guy, Mm -hmm. and maybe God's plan is that this Christian player gets cut or traded somewhere else. He takes a little bit of God's light to another team, and one of the non-Christian guys gets ministered to by our group here. Mm -hmm. So I I try not to look at it saying, I want this guy because I know what he's going to bring spiritually. And uh, that's a hard hard one to make yourself do sometimes. Well, I appreciate your honesty in that, Tony. I I know that's a question that a lot of folks have, and I I love your answer, and, and I appreciate your attitude regarding that. And again, Tony, I, we just, we're going to be praying for you. We just know that God has a special plan for you here this year. And um, uh, just thanks for blessing us once again here on Sharing the Victory. Well, thank you, Ron. This is Tony Dungy, the head football coach of the Indianapolis Colts, getting ready for another NFL season, joining us here on Sharing the Victory. There's more NFL action straight ahead with Aaron Campman, the outstanding defensive end for the Green Bay Packers. Keep it right here on FCA's national radio show, Sharing the Victory. You love sports, and you love reading about sports. 
But your favorite sports publication seems to have become little more than a fantasy league report. Enter Sharing the Victory magazine, published nine times a year by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Sharing the Victory gives you in-depth articles on some of today's most popular Christian athletes and coaches, as well as stories of FCA's impact around the world. You'll also get STV's cutting-edge two-page poster highlighting one of the magazine's featured athletes. Order your subscription today at sharingthevictory.com. You have talent, you have ability. As an athlete or coach, you are expected to deliver results. But for a Christian competitor, it isn't just about winning. It's about reaching for a higher level. So let the competition begin and let the glory, let the glory, let the glory be God's. Want your love for sports to represent your love for Christ? Become a part of Team FCA and sign the competitor's creed. Visit fca.org. That's fca.org. Hi, Ron Brown. Glad to be back with you on Sharing the Victory. Our next guest is Green Bay Packers All-Pro Defensive End Aaron Kampman. Last season, the Packers came within one game of reaching the Super Bowl, and Kampman was one of the great leaders on that defense last season, being selected to his second Pro Bowl. In fact, sharing the victories, Tom Rogerberg was in Hawaii for the Pro Bowl last season, and he was able to catch up with Aaron. We're visiting today with the outstanding defensive end, uh, the sack master number 74 of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Campman. Aaron, great to see you here at the Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's good to be here. Good to be in the sun. It is indeed. And what an outstanding year that the Packers had, the youngest team in the NFL, and came so close. I'm sure that was a disappointment to the whole team. But as a Packer fan myself, excited about the direction the team has taken and the excitement that you gave us. Yeah, it was, it was a great year. And we try not to let the fact that, uh, you know, that last game tarnish, you know, what we accomplished this year. And uh, I think as time goes on, we'll be able to look, look back and reflect and say, hey, this was a great season and a great stepping stone for us. I think as the youngest team in the NFL, we've got a lot of the pieces in place to be a very good football team for a long time. So much of the season I saw you uh, as small as you are for a defensive end, weight-wise, certainly with uh, many players weighing maybe 100 pounds more than you do. You're in the backfield all the time, and I think of Eric Little, and you know, God made me fast for his pleasure and all. Is that what God has gifted you with that speed? I, I know he's gifted you with athletic skills and a love for him. How do you attribute being able to get past all those big guys? There's a passage of scripture in Colossians that says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. That's working for the Lord and not for men. And, you know, for me, it comes down to motivation. That verse to me really deals with intrinsic motivation, internal motivation, that what you do, you do for the Lord and for his glory, as you just mentioned. And um, with that type of a focus, you're able to perform and play and live at a much uh, higher level. And uh, whether it's playing football or uh, in my marriage with my wife or uh, being a father to my children, I think that's what you're living for. What's exciting as a sports fan and also a Christian is to see how you are melding both in your personal life and how you and Lindy travel the world, taking the gospel to other nations. Tell us about some of your recent trips. Well, we, we, we've been very fortunate to be able to um, you know, go on some different trips. Uh, a few years back, we went to Germany and were able to uh, share our faith with some troops there in, in, a, in a town called Mannheim, Germany. And this past uh, year, last January, actually, we were in, in India with a ministry called Gospel for Asia just to go and see what the Lord's doing there and in Southeast Asia through that ministry. And it's a tremendous opportunity to just kind of decontextualize yourself, get in a different position, um, and just really see how uh, much of the world lives and, and is and, and what's going on. 
Now you're still a young football player, but uh, is, do you think the Lord may be calling you to mission work or work for his kingdom? You've also gone to Dallas Seminary, I know. Is he calling you into the ministry, do you think? Well, you know, in some way, shape, or form, we always want to be serving the Lord. Um, now, I don't know what that's going to entail. I think my wife and I continue to try to process that and figure that out. Um, you know, but the Lord showed me that I don't need to worry too much about having it all figured out. I'm a planner by nature, so I'd, I wish I had it all set up, but I don't. And so I kind of live in and knowing that, uh, you know, he who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion. And I realize that uh, in the end, we want to be part of furthering his kingdom in whatever capacity that is. So whether it's missions or here in the States or this or that, I don't know. Well, thank you for helping us do that today through our Sharing the Victory radio program. God bless you and have a wonderful rest of your career as God leads you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That impressive guy is Aaron Cammon of the Green Bay Packers. He was speaking with Tom Rogenberg at the 2008 Pro Bowl in Hawaii. There's plenty more to come. One of the roughest, toughest linebackers of all time is waiting in the wings. Could that be a Christian? Absolutely. You don't want to miss the next interview. It's Mike Singletary, Hall of Fame linebacker from yesteryear with the Chicago Bears, when sharing the victory continues. What if athletic fields across the country were filled with students challenging each other to read the Word of God and come to faith in Jesus Christ? We know that none of this can happen without Him. It's only God that does it. Fields of Faith is coming October 8th to a field near you. It just gets the whole school fired up because it just can show how like reading the Bible can touch you. Fields of Faith, October 8th. To find a field near you or to learn how to organize one, go to fieldsoffaith.com. Hi, I'm Ron Brown, your host for Sharing the Victory Radio. This is Letter Month at Sharing the Victory. I'd love to know how this program is touching your life. I want to hear from you. Drop me a line at 8701 Leeds Road, Kansas City, Missouri, 64129. That's 8701 Leeds Road, Kansas City, Missouri, 64129. Or you can contact me online at sharingthevictory.com slash radio. Hi, this is Phil Dawson, kicker for the Cleveland Browns. Sending it back to Ron Brown of Sharing the Victory. Ever been hit by a truck? (laughs) If you have, you might know what a lot of NFL running backs felt when they got hit by the great middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears from yesteryear, Mike Singletary. Mike is with us today on Sharing the Victory. Mike, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. Well, Mike, uh, you know what? Now you're teaching other guys to hit like a truck as as an assistant football coach and assistant head coach with the San Francisco 49ers. Tell us a little bit about what it is to be intense and still be a Christian, because I think a lot of people have a misinformed idea of what a Christian athlete should be. Well, I, I think for me, uh, uh, one of the most common things that, that I've been asked is, how in the world could you possibly say that you're a Christian and yet play football? Hmm. And uh, my answer has always been, there's no way in the world I could have played football the way I played and not be a Christian. Huh. The game of football, you don't know when you're going to make your last play. You, you don't know. Uh, you're not guaranteed to walk off of that field. Uh, when that game is over. So uh, every time I walked out on the field, it was just an opportunity to give everything that I possibly had to the Lord because I understood that he had given everything to me. Mm. So 
that's really what it was all about. And a lot of players say, what are you taking? you got to be taking something uh, <laughs> to be this excited, to be this revved up about the game. And I said, no, I'm not taking anything. Mm. I'm just excited about what I'm doing, and I'm excited about the opportunity every chance I get. So um, it's just getting out there and, and having the opportunity to express thanks to the Lord for what he has done for me and the opportunity that he's given me to go out there and play. You, you know, Mike, when, when I think of you and uh, the intensity that you played football with and that you coach with now, I think about Jesus Christ going through the temple and ripping it apart because uh, they were disrespecting God's house, the temple. And then the disciples remembering an Old Testament scripture that says this, thy zeal has consumed me. In other words, Jesus saying that the zeal of God consumes him. And you said something really interesting because you said your intensity level comes from an outflow of the love and what Christ gives you. It's not you mustering up some type of uh, high-intensity energy for him. How is it that a Christian athlete goes out there and plays with such vicious tenacity out of love and not hate? Well, the biggest thing is, is uh, everything is, is motivated from the heart, and I think that's the main thing that the Lord always looks at. So I could go out there and, and play a great game in, in the eyes of the fans, but in my heart, I know that I did not do my best. Mm. According to the Lord, I, I didn't do the things that he called me to do. So I feel very fortunate to have received the gift to be able to play the game. I, I didn't have the greatest talent. I wasn't the fastest guy, the biggest guy. As a matter of fact, I was pretty much the smallest guy mm. as a middle linebacker on the field all the time. So... I was smart enough to know that it wasn't me. It wasn't all me. Hmm. But as long as I stayed connected to the Lord, that what he gave me, if I could be faithful with that, that he would continue to give me more things. We're talking to Mike Singletary, uh, presently the assistant head coach and assistant coach for the San Francisco 49ers and a former, of course, great Hall of Fame middle linebacker with the Chicago Bears. And Mike, how did you come to know the reality of Jesus Christ in your life. When did that first happen for you? Uh, it happened at 26 years of age. Uh, and in all honesty, I thought I, I knew the Lord. But at that time, I came to the reality that I really knew about Him mm. and uh, did not have a relationship. And it was just one of those things that I came to realize that I was more of a hypocrite than anything else. Mm. And just had to take a step back, and, and I remember getting very frustrated in my Christian walk and really wanting the Lord to show up. Lord, I, I need you to show up here. I, I, I know that uh, you parted the Red Sea for Moses and, and Jesus walked on water and David conquered Goliath and all those things, all of the Old Testament, everything. Hmm. And But you're not using me. You know, I, I want to do some of those things. And I remember very plainly, the Lord said, well, then, then you you got to come clean. you got to give it all to me, mm -hmm. and, and I can begin to show you who I am. But right now, we're not there. Mm -hmm. As I looked at myself in the mirror, I began to understand that I had some work to do. Not about the law in terms of doing this and, 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 and going and, and doing things, uh, trying to go from door to door and knock on the door. The Lord was specifically challenging me 
to be real and authentic in my relationship with him so that I could just be a believer, first of all. First and foremost, be a believer. Mm-hmm. Be what you say you are. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I looked at that and then I began to pray about that, the, the Lord specifically had me do some things as I, I really began to look at that. And that was I needed to go back and forgive my father. I needed to go back and, and really talk to my wife about some things that I really hadn't come clean with when we were dating. And, mm-hmm. and so those were the most difficult things that I needed to do at that particular time. But I knew that my entire life's destiny was riding on it. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of obedience. And, and I prayed about it and made the decision to follow it. And uh, that's really where it started. Hmm. Well, you know, Mike, uh, you've been a great spokesman for the Lord Jesus Christ. We've heard you speak numerous times, and, and I really appreciate your heart that's behind those words, and that you've thrown your heart over the bar, so to speak, and your body has followed. And we just want to con- continue to encourage you in the coaching profession. We're going to be praying for Mike Singletary, and we really love what you've stood for in Christ. Well, I thank you very much for inviting me. That's Mike Singletary, the outstanding former middle linebacker with the Chicago Bears, now a great coach, assistant head coach with the San Francisco 49ers. Was that not inspiring? Isn't it great to hear a Christian talking about hitting people on the football field? Yeah, that's a God-glorifying thing. I sure hope we can get Mike back soon because there's plenty more to talk with him about. But in the meantime, I have 10 copies of his book, Mike Singletary, One-on-One. This book will give you the lowdown on what's inspired him to give God his very best on and off that football field. I'd like to give this book away to the first 10 people who email me and tell me that they want the Mike Singletary book. Here's the email, stvradio at fca.org. Once again, that's stvradio at fca.org. FCA is blessed to have Les Steckel as its president. He was a coach in the NFL and college football for 32 years. I know that with the NFL season gearing up, Coach Steckel might be feeling that itch again to get back on the sideline. Would he ever get back into coaching? Well, Les is going to answer that question when sharing the victory continues. Serving. Integrity. Teamwork. Excellence. These are the core values of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Get an in-depth look at each value from select contributors such as Tony Dungy, John Wooden, Laura Wilkinson, John Kitna, Betsy King, and Les Steckel. The first two books, Serving and Integrity, are available now at FCA.org. This book series will be an excellent resource for high school, college, and professional athletes and fans at all levels. The Core Values book series available at FCA.org. We'll have an all-pro lineup for you next weekend on Sharing the Victory. Seattle Seahawks quarterback Matt Hasselbeck and his dad, former NFL tight end Don Hasselbeck, will be our special guests. Someone will say, hey, I met your son the other day, and wow, what a nice young man. It's like, that actually means more to me than saying, hey, what a great football player he is. Plus, you'll hear from NFL stars Ray Lewis of the Baltimore Ravens and Jeff Saturday of the Indianapolis Colts. It will be a star-studded edition next weekend on Sharing the Victory. Hi, Ron Brown, welcoming you back to Sharing the Victory. It's time to bring in FCA President Les Steckel for Coach's Corner. Those people who know that I coach football for 32 years, with 23 of those in the NFL, sometimes ask me whether I ever miss coaching. 
With the 2008 NFL season officially starting this weekend, I'll probably hear this question again several times. My answer is always the same. While I positively know that being president of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is what I am called by God to do, I'm tremendously grateful for the awesome privilege of leading FCA, and yes, I do miss coaching football in the NFL. I don't plan to return to coaching, but I do miss it at times. Quite a few years ago now, the NFL soared past baseball to become America's favorite sport. The amazing physical skills of the players, the degree of competition, the colors and sounds of the game, the passion of the large stadium crowds, the media attention and high level of interest, even by the general public, really excited me as a coach. From the moment you run out on the field with the team on opening day to the final play of the final game, coaching football was always special. Part of the excitement of coaching in the NFL is the opportunity to help mold and influence 53 men who are tremendously dedicated to being the very best. Yes, the pro football player is an exceptional athlete. They are the biggest, the strongest, the fastest. They put in long, hard hours on the practice field and in the weight room, in meetings and studying their playbook. The player's dedication to improving their performance makes coaching very rewarding. Yes, coaching football is an exciting business. And when it's game time, so much is on the line in those three hours of intense competition. But as I tell those who think I might be attracted back to coaching, those four quarters of football are all about winning and losing on Sunday. I'm now in the life and death business, which is so much more important. And it goes on 24-7, not just three hours on Sunday. It's so exciting to share the truth and gospel of Jesus Christ to thousands of people and assure them that Christ has a great game plan for their lives once they join his team. Coaching 53 dedicated, hardworking players is a real privilege, but leading more than 900 FCA staff members who are just as dedicated and just as hardworking as professional football players and then have to go out and raise their own financial support is a truly overwhelming privilege. NFL players work hard to bring honor, awards, and trophies to themselves and their teams. Our FCA staff work just as hard to bring all the honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you know why I don't want to return to coaching, when God has given me the great opportunity to trade the business of sports for the business of life and death. The real joy in life is seeing men and women and athletes and coaches experiencing their greatest victory in life, and that's receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you don't really know Jesus Christ the way you think you'd want to, please visit www.morethanwinning.org. You'll see there's so much more to life than winning football games. Godspeed. Next week, we'll have another star-studded NFL program. We'll feature Seattle Seahawks quarterback Matt Hasselbeck and his dad, Don Hasselbeck, who's a former NFL player himself along with Jeff Saturday, that outstanding center for the Indianapolis Colts. And we'll have one of the great linebackers of all time, Ray Lewis of the Baltimore Ravens. And remember, there are two ways of doing sports, God's way or man's way. Which will you choose? Until next week, have a great weekend in Christ from all of us here at Sharing the Victory. 
Sharing the Victory and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes have many resources available to you to help you do sports God's way, including CDs, books, Bibles, and Bible study materials. Go to sharingthevictory.com slash radio. You can also listen to past programs or subscribe to receive the free podcast. The website, once again, is sharingthevictory.com slash radio. Thanks for joining us today for Sharing the Victory. And don't forget to join us next weekend. Sharing the Victory is a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the heart and soul in sports.